The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Now here's David Tuttle and Astro's master of banter, Blummer. That's funny. I like the way your brain works. Yeah, yeah, it's a little quirky, and that's why we are in the Bleachers. This is the Bleacher Blums podcast. I am Jeff Blum, fourteen year, fourteen year major league veteran, and I've got my good friend on the left coast, David Tuttle. He is going to be the primary focus of this podcast because there have been big happenings all throughout the entire uh, hot stove postseason. Uh, so far, and there have been some big moves this week since our last podcast where we hung out with you and talked a little bit about the Astros. We talked about the shortstop markets. We talked about length of contracts. And guess what? We got Mo Money and we got Mo use, and we've seen in a very long time. And we will be talking about that in a little bit. I've got a hot topic a question later in this podcast to finish it off for, for David Tuttle. I'm going to spring it on him and ambush him with it just to see what that uh, what that answer might be because it's it's a question he's probably thought about but uh, we haven't talked about on this podcast. But my good buddy Tuttle out on the left coast, how are we doing, dude? What's up with you? News notes in the Tuttle household or Tuttle uh, sphere that you're living in? Sphere, I love it. Um, I'm I'm hoping it's similar to you. Uh, in your life at this moment, obviously, kids are getting ready to get out of school, and we have the Christmas break coming up. Um, Blummer, awesome to see you. Awesome to be with you. The dude abides. Got another sweater there. Um, I'm working another sweater, buddy. Yeah. Get on YouTube. You check got, us out. Yeah, you got that Houston weather going. I, I went to work out the other day. It was like 44 degrees, and I was running outside, and I'm like, 44 degrees. I, it's pretty damn cold. Like I'm like, whew, it's kind of cold, cold and I'm like, but What's my company threshold? is located – that's right. Well, I don't. I don't have. When a you get below, well, like when you get below like 65, 60, I mean, where is it where you're like, okay, it's cold? Yeah, I mean, well, that was that was the actual point of this. Is at forty four, I'm out there running, realizing I work for a company that's in Madison, Wisconsin, and I talk to people up there every <laughs> once in a while, and they're like, they have an ice storm warning, and it's like seventeen degrees. You're <laughs> yeah, like, dude, yeah, forty four is not that bad, but yeah, there I is. We've talked about this before. We're weathermen, you know, you know, sort of on on our part time jobs. Yeah, there you go, Bleacher Blum's hat. Yeah, we're um, that's right. But he, uh, but but in general, I mean. Here's here's a perfect way to describe it. Daughter has soccer practice at the Great Park. You know the Great Park in Irvine. Yeah. Great place, facility. It's nice. The other night, great huge ballpark. Yeah. The so the other night, I think. It, I mean, never mind. That's right. <laughs> I, think it, I think it was fifty-two when I drove over there at like five o'clock. You know, 
and it got to be like 47. I have a kit in my back, in the back of my car. I've got like a, like a parka and a beanie and all this stuff. And it's so funny because you're asking about the threshold. When I'm standing around watching or just talking to a parent or something, if I stay out there for longer than an hour, I always hit the car. You know, if it's 47, I've got the parka on. I'm wondering, you know, maybe a hand warmer, got the little beanie. And, and we're talking 47 degrees. I mean, that's terrible. I think your blood thins out because there's a guy from Denmark. His daughter's on the team and he's bundled up as well. And then you always have the parent. Maybe you remember this. I guess volleyball is an indoor sport, but I'm sure your daughters are out here. There's the parent out there in shorts and a sweatshirt. And he's out there like watching the end of practice. He came when it was like 55 and the sun was out. And he's like, oh, I'm freezing. What are you guys doing? I'm like, you know, and you're just like, dude, how long have we been doing this? Like, you know, I mean, we're raising the same kids. Like, just keep a jacket in the back of your car. But they're always surprised, right? Southern California when the sun goes down. So anyway, that's a long-winded answer to, uh, I think when it gets below 50, we Californians have really thin skin. When it gets below 50, I'm looking at the parka. I'm different in the sense, moving out to Texas, that I can handle any heat you throw at me. Oh. I But I think it's more of a mental aspect for me. Like, if I know it's going to be boiling hot, I'm not going to wear my best, you know, I'm going to wear a specific pair of drawers. I'm not going to wear my best shorts or my best t-shirt. I'm going to go out there and know that I'm going to just lather up yeah. and sweat my brains out. And I'm also going to run from my car to the to the wherever I'm going because I know the AC is going to be cranking. And then I freeze <laughs> my ass off once I get inside. That's the funny That's thing. Right. Uh, and that's where my fan, my daughters are at. They have sweatshirts in their back of their car to go indoors. But to your point, I have 60 degrees might be my threshold at 65. I'm throwing on like a hoodie and maybe a 65. pair of shorts and rolling around. Yeah, dude. I'm like, but I don't know if it's because I'm so fired up to wear anything other than a t-shirt. <laughs> I'm like, dude, it's hoodie season. Throw it on. That's right. But yeah, 60 degrees for me, dude, it gets underneath that. If it, cause I took literally it's been 80 degrees here and humid for the last week. And the other night, it dropped down to like 55, 60. And I took the dogs out before uh, we went to bed. And mm -hmm. I was like, babe, I came back in. I'm like, babe, it's freezing outside. And I looked at the thermometer that we have out there and it said 60 degrees. <laughs> uh, That's where so I'm So 60 at. must be your threshold. All right. Well, I don't I'm feel so bad. I was a little nervous about outing myself no. at like under 50 degrees. I was nervous. So I'm not a cold guy. I hate cold. All right. Speaking of cold weather, how about this transition, my friend? This uh, is a good one, though. It makes sense. The coldest, the coldest winter I ever spent was a summer in San Francisco. Now that was this the is old the truth. <laughs> that was the old Candlestick Park, which Candlestick Point is still there. We've talked about it. But Carlos Correa is now. I guess he went to Minnesota, but he goes from Houston to Minnesota to San <laughs> Francisco. Colder weather in San I'm Fran. not sure. That's right. So I think he's <laughs> not sure that you know. We talk about you know playing October baseball in Boston or New York, but man, October baseball in San Francisco. That's what we're hoping for. So Carlos Correa obviously is the big news of the week. Signed that 11-year, uh, $350 million deal. Um, you talked about it a little bit yesterday, um, I saw. Um, but I want to hear your thoughts before we get to, you know, I've, I have strong opinions about the Giants. We've talked about, you know, needing kind of a cornerstone to their franchise. But I'd love to hear what your thoughts Dude. are contract-wise or anything else. No, it's funny that you and I can't, we, I mean, we, we communicate, but we could not talk for a week. And then all of a sudden we know what news comes up and we, and I kind of have a feeling of where Tuttle's going to be kind of his trajectory is going to be going. So that's kind of good that we're on this, being able to talk about it because we saw Trey Turner get an 11 year deal with the Philadelphia Phillies. Xander Bogarts gets his extended deal with the San Diego Padres. 
And there were four short, shortstops on the market, Turner, Bogarts, uh, Correa, and then Dansby Swanson, who we might hit on a little bit at the end of this thing. But Carlos Correa is the third shortstop off the list. And the crazy thing about it, and it's unconfirmed, I don't know if it's been, it's all been reported. We haven't had the, you know, the official jersey, you know, put on the guy and the, the shaking of the hands. But it's reported that it is a 13, 13 year deal for 350 million, which is $27 million a year. There is a, there's a little bit to unpack in this, in this deal in the sense that 13 years is a crazy ass long time. I mean that, uh, you're getting through puberty and adolescence, you know, for, for some people in 13 years of your life. And now you've got a guy who's going to be 20, I think 29 during the season of 2023 to start this deal with the giants. So that'll put him around, what, 41, 42 years old when he finishes his contract. So just talking about the length. That's what she said. <laughs> let's, let's just focus on the length real quick. Because my idea is that 27 years to 32 years is that honey hole, pocket, uh, sweet spot for a ball player that's going to max out and perform his best. You're going to get Correa for that time and then some. So maybe five, six years of this contract, you're going to get a shortstop who's phenomenal, gold glove, platinum glove, 20 home run guy. After that is what you worry about. You know, how long does the value of a 13-year contract hold its value? Because you know at the last five years, on every one of these contracts, it's it's diminished returns. You just enjoy the guy when you have him for at his elite numbers that he's going to put up for five or six years, and then you just say, okay, this is what we signed up for. We're going to deal with him. He's a landmark franchise guy. But with the DH being employed universally now across Major League Baseball, I think it lends itself to maybe you get eight, maybe nine years if the guy can produce offensively as a DH. First of all, give me your thoughts on the length of this contract, because this is a monster, Tuttle. It is, you know, and I'm not saying this as a Giants fan, but I did put some, you know, I did wrap my little brain cell around kind of what we were talking about or what we were thinking about in terms of the length of the contract when you start comparing it, because average annual value of $27 million a year, that's right, I misspoke at the beginning, Trey Turner was 11, this was 13, $27 million a year is not that high uh, of a pay, you know, a pay threshold, meaning, you know, we just right. saw Verlander and Scherzer, although they're pitchers, you know, at 43, so they're almost, you know, I mean, they're close to doubling that value, eh, not doubling, Crazy. but, you know, 75% of the value of that contract, 75% more, but... Um, the length doesn't bother me. And, you know, the comp I came up with, to be honest with you, now is not Albert Pujols because people go, look at Pujols did. But Pujols was never as athletic. I mean, you were buying his bat. Great and point. They didn't, and they didn't have the universal DH when he signed, right? I know it was Anaheim, so they thought, oh, he'll DH. But, you know, and then he proved this year, right, when he went back to St. Louis, he was comfortable. There was no pressure that he actually could still play. It was probably more of the Angels environment and the guys around him and things like that. And I'm, that's a whole nother podcast, probably that topic. No, I totally agree. But, but I look at Carlos Correa like Bobby Bonilla, right? This is a way for the, for the Giants to have a cornerstone a franchise player. We saw it on Twitter. I know the Astros fans love Carlos Correa. You could provide some insight. You got to hang around with him before yes. uh, COVID. You thought the way he handled the scandal, 
uh, was, um, you know, he stood in front of the microphone, accepted it, especially for a young guy. You know, he was really young at the time, 23, 24. Um, and he produces. So you're buying the leadership. You're buying the cornerstone. Buster Posey was there. We don't have that anymore. Brandon Crawford. I mean, people are like, oh, he's going elsewhere. Wouldn't it be great if Brandon Crawford played second base for a year or two with Carlos Correa, that, right? That was and one yet, of my questions for you, man. So, yeah, I think. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what he's yeah. willing to do, but I think instead of just retiring, he'd be a better second baseman than some of the options they've put in there recently. Um, but anyway, my point being, I just think – if you can get what you just said, you know, the honey hole is, you know, till he's 32, 33, maybe the DH, you get him to 34, or 35. But gosh, those last three or four years, I mean, you still have this guy who's just a, a an overriding influence and you're paying 27. 27 by that time is going to be, you know, that's going to be like middle of the pack salary. So if mm-hmm. he can produce to your point, you know, middle of the road uh, statistics, even at 38, 39, 40, I think the Giants are going to be more than willing to do that. I mean, I don't know what judge, I mean, we know what he signed for, 9360, but I mean, in terms of how it hits the, it hits every spot. It hits the average annual value in a good spot for the Giants from a contractual standpoint. You get your cornerstone franchise player and your payroll is going to be, you're able to sign other players around him, especially as he gets older and you want to kind of transition away from him maybe being the superstar player and him Mm -hmm. just being kind of the general in the clubhouse or the captain. I don't know if you agree with any of that, but Bobby Bonilla is still getting paid by the Mets. If they have to pay him for two years while he's, you know, kind of a lesser (laughs) player than he is now, I think they'll take it. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you saw this, but remember that big left-handed slugger, Chris Davis, this is totally off topic, but the Bobby Bobby Bonilla made me think about it. Uh, Chris Davis, no longer I do in know Chris Davis, the Orioles. That's right. He's yeah. no longer in baseball. He's getting $45 million over the next 15 years. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, I mean, I it makes sense because I remember him signing like a $180 million deal with the Orioles. And, oh, my you know, gosh. He's basically what a done. disaster that was. But, yeah, yeah. that guy's going to get $45 million for the next 15 years. I think it's, you know, the, for the first four or five years, it's $3 million a year, and then it drops off a little bit. But still, Brilliant. I mean, if you can work that deal, good grief. No risk it, no biscuit. Yeah. (laughs) Right? So, no, I mean, for the Giants, too. Yeah, Yeah. no. So, for the Giants, though, right? Right. They're doing an educated guess. But you asked earlier, you know, what, you know, superstar, cornerstone type player. And I think that Carlos has kind of worked himself into that. And if you're going to be super crazy nitpicky about Carlos Correa, the only thing that you might question is, is he healthy enough or was he healthy enough when he was an Astro? Because... You know, he had a broken hand, broken foot, uh, you know, broke a rib in a massage situation. We don't, you know, there's there were certain things around him that you were like, oh, this is kind of odd. And then you say, oh, he's got lower back problems and he's a six foot four shortstop. And you're going, how long is that going to last? But at the same time, I think in the last two or three years, starting with that COVID year in 2020, when he played 58 of 60 games and played in the playoffs as well as he does, I think his postseason numbers earned a lot of this contract too. But the fact that he was playing close to, or he averaged 140 games, I think, in the last two years, kind of speaks to Carlos and the adjustment he's made to stay on the field and be worthy of a contract like this. 
And, you know, that understanding to me and knowing his work ethic kind of turns me on a little bit if I'm a San Francisco Giant fan, because this guy works his tail off off the field to become as good as he is, but also to stay on the field. And I think he's going to set that bar extremely high. This isn't a guy that shies away from having a big con- a big contract or wanting to be in that spotlight or wanting to be that co- cornerstone type guy. You know, in 2012, he was drafted as the 1-1 in that draft. And he took a little bit of a hit uh, financially with the signing bonus to be the one, one, because he wanted to have that number one on his back. So I think he's got the mentality. I think he's got the talent. You've seen him play. I've seen him play a ton and I think you're going to really enjoy him. He's phenomenal with the media. He's great in the community. I think, like you said, the only adjustment's going to be playing in the cold weather atmosphere that much more frequently. But Tuttle, when you see these contracts going out, what is your idea of a guy, you know, does Carlos fit the idea of what you think a superstar is and can be for a long term with the Giants? Uh, I mean, the short answer is yes. I mean, he does. And, and I mean, maybe that's because the Giants haven't had a guy like that. It is funny when you start thinking about the organizations, maybe the Astros, you know, Jordan's getting there and Bregman, the Astros are such a phenomenal team. They don't have that one guy. But when you go like to the Dodgers, I used to, I didn't think of Mookie Betts. I thought of Justin Turner. It's funny because Justin I Turner is the not, same way. That's a great right? Justin Turner is not the best player on that team, but he's no. the glue. He's your cornerstone guy. So they don't, you know, he, he's not a superstar. So I definitely think Carlos Correa could, I mean, the Giants don't have an identity, right? The Dodgers have a cornerstone. Most teams have a cornerstone. When we thought of the Brewers before they started having, you know, it was like Hader, you know, like, oh, Josh Hader, like, you know, even though he's a pitcher late in the game. Mm -hmm. um, Now the Padres have done that where they have. Yeah. Yeah. You have, you need some of those guys. Whereas when you think of, you know, team like Oakland now, obviously they're getting rid of all these guys. You can't come up with anybody. Um, And even with the Astros at the other end of that spectrum, you can't come up with one guy that is the, the superstar because they have so many. So I do think those teams that are, you know, the Giants are fighting for third place in the uh, National League West, essentially, right? You have Dodgers and and uh, yeah. Padres now, and now the Giants are fighting for third. You need an identity. You know, the superstar teams are the superstar teams. I think Carlos Correa certainly fits that mold as a guy that can give the Giants an, uh, an identity and something to build around, which is, you know, that's what we've been hoping for. Well, I know we're grinding out the Giants right here, and most of it's because they have been the primary focus of this last week, signing Carlos Correa, but they have actually sneakily, and I had, you know, I saw this tweet come up, so I had to screenshot it, but... The Giants, you know, we always talk about you. It's great to have these marquee players. You talked about Brandon Crawford. I hope that he moves to second base and these guys make a glorious team up the middle because I think that's, you know, that's a huge uh, piece of humble pie because Brandon Crawford's been a staple at shortstop. He is also, by the way, a gold glove specialist when he goes out and plays shortstop. So there's actually a real opportunity for the San Francisco Giants to get have their pitching be better. How great is it? Tell me about... As a pitcher, just think about this. You've pitched plenty in the in the minor leagues, plenty of experience. You've pitched with good defenses, bad defenses. I want to ask you after I after I mentioned that you're going to have Brandon Crawford and Carlos Correa potentially up the middle. If I'm Logan Webb and I am this turbo heavy sinker guy, exactly. I right now I'm going, dude. 
Thank you for signing the Pete Putilla, man. Great job. All of a sudden, my defense is badass on the ground balls, and I might be a better pitcher next year knowing that I've got two platinum gold glove guys up the middle. How does that feel as a pitcher knowing that you've got boys behind you that can run it down and catch it? Well, gosh, I mean, that's that's everything. I think we've talked about this before. You don't want to be, I mean, some guys may want to be the guy, you know, I don't know, Garrett mm-hmm. Cole, Justin Verlander, like the guy, but yep. for me, always out, pitching. Strike out. Yeah. 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 I'll just, you know, hey, we need something to happen. I'm going to make it happen. But baseball, you know, like most sports is, you know, at a high level is a really solid team game and nothing like having the confidence where these guys make unbelievable plays. And if they watch you make pitches and they make plays for you, that's, you know, symbiosis for lack of a better word symbiosis Ooh. is that I know, but that's, that's what you're hoping for. You yeah. want the pitcher to have enough confidence to do everything he can do, because if you're, you know, aiming the ball in there, trying to make the perfect pitch, yeah. you know, you can't do your job as effectively. You want to have the confidence that those guys, and then, you know, hopefully they have confidence in you. Like, Hey, Lo- Logan Webb, he's a turbo sinker. I expect a ground ball for every hitter. If he strikes a guy out, that's a bonus, but I, the ball's coming my way every time keeps yep. you on your toes. Um, you know, you can work fast and, you know, I think that we consistently talk about chemistry. Last time we talked about capturing the energy of a team like that can really build some momentum, right? Good pitching, good defense is how you win championships, as we've said. And I think the, uh, the giants, you know, they're not a championship team yet, but they're certainly well on their way to building what, um, what we all hope for. Oh, the dog pound is barking because they're excited. And, you know, that's a great answer to that. And because as a pitcher, you understand when you have your stuff. But at the same time, if a guy happens to barrel it up, shoot one up the middle, and you got a guy making a great play, all of a sudden you're, you know, that that energy level, like in a video game, just starts going, continuing to go up. I also think there's a couple of really good signs also. I, I forgot, and I don't know why, but Mitch Hanniger signed a three-year deal with the San Francisco Giants. I I learned to to love Mitch Haniger because I hated watching him play against the Astros. And what I mean by that is he was another one of those guys where you watched across the way where you'd roll in, there'd be a guy at first, guy at third, and you're like, son of a gun. This guy's going to drive in another run. And sure enough, it'd be a, you know uh, hitting behind a runner, sacrifice fly, big home run, big double. I like the way he approaches his at-bats. He'll be a nice addition to that lineup. Ross Stripling, another pitcher for a two-year deal. But Sean Manaya going back to the Bay Area, I think, is an interesting choice, too. So to your point and your knowledge of the Giants, they seem to be kind of pushing and trending in the right direction. And going back to your previous point, the $27 million, that is workable within a payroll this day and age, especially with what the Giants have to work with. Absolutely. And that's what I think the Angels kept missing the boat. Say the, Gi- the yes. Giants are trying to do what we talked about and have this you know, bankroll. And Aaron Judge was their guy, let's say, behind the scenes, because that's what we kept hearing at the winter meetings. And, it you know, was throughout good. kind of. Nor- he's a Norcal yeah, yeah. guy, you know. But, but now they take that money and now, you know, they divide it up and the average annual value. I mean, it's going to work really well. Manaya is a good signing. Stripling is probably going to help the team. Hanniger, as you mentioned. Uh, I, I think the middle of the lineup, again, Jock Peterson had a fantastic year last year. Yeah. This is me being honest. I still look at Jock Peterson as your kind of come off the bench, like a better power, like seventh, eighth guy in the order, yeah. not a cleanup guy. But, you know, I mean, but he, Jock Peterson could turn into uh, – to Schwarber, maybe you know what I mean, kind of like one yeah, of those in a guys. Lineup, so maybe, yeah, right. In a better lineup, he could be Schwarber with a little more pop. You know, hopefully, you know, a little higher average than what you know Kyle did this year. But you know, there's definitely some 
you know, you're still rolling the dice, right? You're trying to put this all together and see what happens. But yeah, I mean, the signings are great. I'm really happy. I'm really optimistic. And, you know, this podcast is very often Astros heavy, but hopefully we're building towards something like the Astros. And and I wanted to make this point with what you asked me about the having great defense behind you. I think that's the other thing that people missed on the Astros to, to transition over there is that it didn't really matter who they brought out of the bullpen this year, who was on the mound. The defense had confidence and the pitchers had confidence. Like, oh, he doesn't have it tonight. Let's bring in, you know, this guy. All right, yeah, he's fine. Let's bring in this guy. And so there wasn't there wasn't really a letdown. And you know sometimes mm-hmm. um, we talked about it. I mean, go back to the Giants when Dusty Baker took, you know, Russ Ortiz out of the game and the, you know, the Angels had the comeback. And then, but it's like there can be a letdown, like an exhale. And I don't think the giant, uh, the Giants, excuse me, I don't think the Astros had a spot for an exhale. And I think that's, again, capturing the energy and hoping that most teams can get to that spot where it doesn't matter who yeah. we bring in. It doesn't matter what situation it is. We have confidence in these guys on the team. And that's, you know, obviously the ultimate goal. So I'm really obviously yeah. optimistic as always and super excited. Yeah, you should be super excited. I think Carlos Correa is a great addition. He's he's going to mix in there nicely. He's going to be a good leader on and off the field. But just a quick last point on talking about what Tuttle is about having a good defense behind you. I can tell you as a defender, if a guy is working fast, he's making great pitches, and he's pitching to contact as a defender, I'm on the balls of my feet ready to fly around for this guy. If you're taking your sweet time and you're not showing me the confidence that you want to toe the rubber and go after those hitters, guess what I do? I start to get back on my heels and not look forward to it. Good stuff. Giants are up and coming. Carlos Correa, the big signing this week. We're going to go to a break now from our Blue Wire Podcast Network. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts that help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. All right. Welcome back from our Blue Wire Podcast Network fans and advertising partners. Um, this is David Tuttle. You can reach me at Real David Tuttle on Instagram and Twitter. My friend Blummer at Blummer27, Instagram and Twitter. Of course, bleacherblums.com. You can get any merch, swag, um, anything you want from, uh, I guess it would be still Crush City Tees or at Ram Shirts. And um, hopefully you guys have all the stuff you need. We probably need to come up with some new merch one of these days, I guess. Yes, Blummer. <laughs> you know, now that uh, yep. somebody's taken up all the uh, the bandwidth of our, of our, of our guy baseball y'all um anyway so uh yeah hopefully hopefully you guys are still enjoying the podcast we obviously made it giants heavy today carlos correa is a big signing but as a former astro i'm sure there's 
plenty of people out there that will have some opinions about, you know, how he'll do as the Giants and then what, uh, you know, kind of with the, what we talked about in terms of contract and being a cornerstone. Um, it's funny to talk about Correa and Bobby Bonilla. Is I, that was my comp and you brought up Chris Davis, but it's like, man, yeah, there's a, there's a bunch of guys. I bet we could come up with a list <laughs> yeah, and it'd be like, oh, that guy's still getting paid. Oh, that guy's like still getting Denny paid. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah, baseball is one of those crazy things, right? Because yeah, every every contract's guaranteed, and yep. uh, some of these guys are still getting paid injuries or not. So, but good good for them, like you said, it's good it's good work if you can get it. So let's go to uh, we're we're gonna try and keep this short and sweet, but uh, let's go to fantasy football. Both Blummer and I. Oh dear God, we squeaked in, we squeaked oh. into the playoffs. I think there's two guys in our league that are above 500, and then the rest, like 10 guys, are <laughs> six and seven. Yeah, it was just all about the points you had. So I have my match, my match, my game starting tonight. But uh, World Cup you know, mode saying match. Yeah. Oh, speaking of that, the World Cup finals coming up too. But anyway, neither here nor there. I complained all year that I had lost three in a row starting or finishing off last year. And I lost the first three this year, but I made the playoffs. I'm the sixth seed in the playoffs. And, uh, and you know, do I care? Don't I care? I know how you feel, Blummer. <laughs> but I do, I do care in the sense that if I can win this week in fantasy football playoffs, then I'm like, ooh, it would be nice to win the money so that I can buy the entry fee next year. I mean, that's kind of like if I can. <laughs> We're playing if for I can, the next year. Yeah, yeah. It's like an economic thing. Like, hey, if I can win the money, then I know, you know, I'm good for a couple years, my entry fee. Like, I'm not going to invest the money. I'm just going to take yeah, it. I can and, justify my you know. suck. That's right. I can justify my suck if I squeeze into <laughs> the uh, to the finals here. So what what say you? Are you, I know, I, you, I know you bled in, but. Oh, dude. So. <sighs> Frick, analytics. You talked. We talked a little analytics. bit about this off air, and you had a great point about gambling projections, analytics. And you're like, I approach it as a gambler. I don't listen to the noise. I'm like, dude, I'm sitting here watching for the last four weeks. I think I lost. A, I had a four game losing streak getting into this playoff situation. I don't know how the <laughs> nice hell I got job. in. job. <laughs> yeah, you talk, I mean, there's backdooring, and then there's yeah, yeah. yeah getting in somehow. So I'm in. I'm in that mode of. Yay. You know, <laughs> I'm not like, yeah, like dude, let's it. go into the playoffs and win some games. Because all of my projections for the last three weeks, I have been projected to win by like five to 10 points. And I end up losing the week by 30 to 40 points. I have been getting absolutely curb stomped going into the playoffs. So at this point, I'm like, okay, let's just put the biggest numbers I can out there and hope for the best. Because in the last four weeks, I've lost a tight end has been a black hole for me uh, for the last four weeks. Uh, I've rotated kickers and defense every single week, the last four weeks. And they've all been almost, they've almost all been my leading point getters. That's where I'm at. So I'm either in the, I'm, I'm not in the excitement. I'm in the, if I win great, I don't know, man. I'm like in pur- I'm in playoff purgatory right here because I don't think I'm going to win. If I do win, I'm like, oh, well, I got a chance, and then I'm going to get smoked next week and be pissed. I, I, that's, that's right. What, I'm going to. I am. I am Ron Burgundy. After Baxter jumped off the bridge in the phone booth, I'm in a glass case of emotion right now. I I don't know how to feel. I've got everything Ooh, going. Glass on. case of emotion. I like that. Um, yeah. You know, it's funny. Like I said, if we if you were really going for it, it would be different. Or if you were in first, but yeah. last year I think you were the second. You were the second seed last year, and you had a yes. really strong team, and then you got whacked in the first week, and that was. So, what would you rather yeah, be? Would you rather have came out and you know? <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh, that's right. Kyler Murray, the new Call of Duty came out. Well, now you don't have to worry about Kyler Murray. As a matter of fact, he's got a busted ACL. He can play all he wants. That's right. The guy I'm playing in the playoffs this year, he uh, he he had Kyler Murray as his quarterback. So this week, oh. I'm playing a guy who had to get Ryan Tannehill off the waiver wire. So if I lose to Ryan Tannehill, then I deserve everything that I've gotten to this point, which is a six and seven That's record and a six seed. Yeah, that would be well, disappointing. Right. I, had, I played against Joe. I almost said Joey Lawrence again. Trevor Lawrence last week, uh, and he Joey. put up thirty-five. What? The, where the hell did that come from? And he didn't even give the ball to my guy Etienne. I'm like, come on, man! You can't even like throw him a ball. Trevor Lawrence. Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> there you go. You got Trevor Lawrence. Whoa, as a, a quarterback demographic that listens to Bleacher Yes, Bones that's that right. Get that reference. <laughs> Hopefully, they get it. Hey, they got the Ron Burgundy. You know, they got to get the whoa. Joey Lawrence reference. Yeah. So anyway, I just thought it'd be worth talking about fantasy football. I hope I'm I'm assuming other listeners out there are uh, in their fantasy football playoffs as well. So like I said, my goal here is this is this league that we started a couple of years ago. We co-GM'd, but uh, neither of us have finished in the money in the in these three years. And it would be really nice to get some money back so that we can, you know, continue to uh, continue to, um, yeah. I don't know, like pay for the pay for the idiocy that is fantasy football dungeons and dragons i guess so anyway yeah. all right blummer that was just a little side note you said you had something for me i'm kind of geared up and ready you said it's not going to be so blindsiding meaning i probably no. have an answer but i heard this on another podcast and it was really a great question because i was driving in my car here the question hopefully this sparks it for somebody else driving in their car or working out is i was like dude that's a really good question so the question is to all of our Bleacher Blum fans. I will. I will pretend I'm. Tur- I'm turning around, facing the bleachers, and everybody's mm. in it because we appreciate everybody who downloads, subscribes, rates, reviews, shares it. It's Christmas. Give the gift of Bleacher Blums to your friends and family who haven't been listening, because you will be approached with questions like this. <laughs> Tuttle, and all of my Bleacher family, what sporting event would you want to attend that you have not attended? Mm. Well, it's funny. I have a couple. Um, That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I have a couple. So, I. It's unfortunate because maybe you know you you've told me about the Masters so many times. You special guy. You've gone to the Masters. So, but the you Masters still got to go. On the it's list. one of those things that if you've done it, you've done it. Yeah. But if you haven't yeah. and you've heard about it, you still yeah. got to go. No, that's right. So the Masters is on the list, and I'll come up with a one. Next year, it might be a possibility, actually, because the final of the World Cup in four years is going to be in Dallas, which I didn't know. So we're hosting the World Cup. So I would like to go. So so two on the list. I work with someone who's had a family tradition of going to the Indianapolis 500 every year since she was a teen, uh, since she was a toddler. And they have like a box and you buy your seats and they open it up. It's very similar to the Masters. Like they have all these traditions and the family's gone and it's like season tickets. Like you get your same seats as long as you come back year after year after year after year. They won't give away your spot. But if you forego that, like, oh, I'm out of town that year, don't buy your tickets, then you lose that spot. So this gal has gone like 20 to 22 years in a row and said the Indianapolis 500 is an absolute like – spectacle and it's awesome to attend that is weird because i i mean i'm not a race car guy at all i could care less so masters is number three i know you didn't you wanted a number one i uh masters number three indianapolis 500 just based on that description is number two but i think boy attending the world cup i know uh, we're hosting it uh in four years but i think 
just because of the diversity and the eyeballs and the, you know, the spectacle of that, meaning the entire world, wouldn't it be great if like France, Argentina played in Dallas for the, you know, the world cup championship of, you know, I think, I think that would be great, but I don't know. I mean, those are the first three things that come to mind. So the masters you've done and you say it's worth it. Mm -hmm. Indianapolis 500 sounds incredible, but, uh, but I do now after, you know, maybe I'm in, World Cup bias mode because the World Cup's going on right now. But I think it would be fun to see like a World Cup semifinal or final game with crazy rabid fans. That's that's those are really good. And it's kind of funny that it's it's not exactly the sport that you're into, you know, so to speak. But at the same time, it's just the pomp, the circumstance, the the pageantry and all of the, the you know, everything that surrounds it. And then the the expectation and excitement of the actual event. And, you know, the final four is going to be down here in Houston this year. I actually would love to, I've never been to, to any of those tournament games ever. So I would love to go to like the final four and then be there for the final. So it would be two, a two game situation, you know, just You're going to make that, that happen. That'll be easy. I've just saying that, that on the podcast, somebody's going to be yeah. able to hook you so up. Anybody, that. anybody <laughs> hosting a suite at the, at the NRG for the final four, call me. And I think it's extra exciting too, because the Cougars are ranked so as high as they are. And then you also have the Arkansas Razorbacks who I'm, you know, I have an affinity for just because my daughter goes there. They're doing really well. So it would be really exciting to see both of those teams in it, fight for it and just be around that kind of circumstance because college, you and I both being ex-collegiate athletes, the the passion and purity of of collegiate athletics is I love that. And to be in that kind of environment would be a lot of fun. And my number two would it would be, I don't know what if it would be, it's kind of a slash. It would be the the World Cup like you're talking about, just because, you know, the intensity of knowing how good those teams are, how much it took to for them to get there, and then willing the ultimate goal of the World Cup as a country. All, you know, turns me on, but at the same time, I think it would be a blast to go to the Premier League Championship. Oh, just to see the you know something like that in in that atmosphere of going to Manchester, right. wherever it is, you know, in yeah, yeah. in Europe, yep. and see that because all I hear on TV are the chanting, and I see the fans for uh, for ninety five minutes just going bonkers. I want to be in that. I also yeah. want to have a couple of pops while I'm doing it too. And the beer is <laughs> pretty right. good over there. So I want to be inundated with that. But I think number one for me, this is going to be really weird. The Kentucky Derby. Ooh, yeah. I think that would be badass. Everything yeah. around it, like the horse racing, the gambling, the, you know, the emotion of that. Yeah. But I want, I want the thousand dollar mint julep. I want to wear the yeah. idiotic seersucker looking suit with my goofy ass hat and then have my wife all, you know, gallet out in her gown and her big ass, you know, Kentucky Derby hat. I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm, I, isn't that funny? We both, we put Indianapolis 500 and Kentucky Derby on the kind of the top, in the top totally three or off the four. Radar, yeah. But those are both, like you said, it's really now as ex-athletes or whatever. I mean, the atmosphere and all that. But I think that's why we chose what we did because I agree. The soccer thing is like yesterday, France played Morocco in Qatar. Mm -hmm. Morocco had 85% of the fans there and they were nuts. They were bonkers. So again, that's awesome. maybe in... Maybe in Dallas in four years, the U.S. gets a little farther than they, you know, than they, you know, could or would. But man, having like a a Brazil, Mexico, Argentina, oh, you, get you know, Mexico some of those Dallas, fans, like repped. it yeah. would be, it would be nuts. So anyway, but yeah, I think the Kentucky Derby and the Indianapolis 500 are both on the list of, 
you know, just events that you'd like to go to and, you know, not worry about how much it costs, like go, go, you know, go full tilt. Yeah. It would be a lot of yeah, fun. Like have the, have the roll out the red carpet, like presidential treatment to those things would be awesome. Yeah. So I love it. Love the question, Blummer. All right. Well, we're trying to keep these shorter and sweeter. Hope you guys enjoy the format. Um, if you want to get at us again, it's at real David Tuttle at Blummer 27. Um, on Instagram and Twitter. And, and we would love to hear from you. I mean, what do you guys think about Carlos Correa going to the Giants? I mentioned off air before. I think it would have been a little, um, not even disingenuous on Carlos's point, but if he was a Dodger or a Yankee, it would have been really tough for us to handle, myself included being a Giants fan, but certainly the Astros, the Astros uh, bandwagoners and certainly the Astros uh, diehard fans would be like, what? He went to the Astros. Uh, I'm sorry. He went to the Yankees or the Dodgers. It just doesn't. I don't think it would fly. So that's all we have this week. And uh, hopefully we'll be bringing these to you a little more often and a little quicker. Blummer, what do you got? Uh, we got appreciation for military, both home and abroad. And those who have served before, we all appreciate you. Obviously, the freedoms that we have here in the, this country, great country of America. I still believe that. We appreciate you for defending those borders and keeping us safe. We also appreciate all of the uh, police personnel, the fire personnel, the EMTs, everybody that goes into uh, harm's way and protects us and gets us out of harm's way. And then of the doctors, nurses, everybody that is essential workers, we know that uh, you know sickness is always going to be around us. So we need you to get us better. And uh, obviously the teachers, you're coming up on your Christmas break. I know it's halfway through that school season. You're doing a phenomenal job. We appreciate the heck out of you. Keep up the hard work and enjoy the holiday season. Tuttle is our closer, and he's going to close it out. All right. Speaking of health care, if you're over the age of 45, don't forget to get screened for colorectal cancer. And we encourage you on this podcast, as always, especially now that we have a cornerstone in San Francisco. Yeah. Get after it and believe it. Believe it. Our producer will not let that get out, Blummer. I know. I, I trust it's between, right? It's between you, me, and the 2,000 listeners in this podcast that yeah, you know, are very... I've also been known to get caught on a hot mic, so...